Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Welcome to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. I'm June Grosso. Every day we bring you insight and analysis into the most important legal news of the day. You can find more episodes of the Bloomberg Law Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. The second deadline has passed and the Attorney General has ignored it. Attorney General William Barr defied the Monday deadline imposed by a House subpoena to provide lawmakers with the full text of the Mueller report and he is, as he ignored the deadline last week. What happens when the top law enforcement official in the country ignores legal process? Joining me is Brad Moss, a partner at Mark Zaid. So, Brad, the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, Jerry Nadler, has scheduled a vote on Wednesday on whether to hold the AG in contempt. If they do hold him in contempt, and the House also votes on contempt, can it enforce the contempt citation on its own by its inherent contempt authority? So the honest answer is yes, it can, but it's highly unlikely they will. Congress has not relied upon its inherent contempt authority in the criminal context since the 1930s. It's just something they don't do. This is a lot about political posturing right now. This is somewhat normal for Congress and the executive branch when one party controls the Oval Office and one party controls at least one or two of the branches of Congress. We saw this with Eric Holder during the Obama administration. This is all about leverage negotiating stances and trying to get as much out of the Justice Department as House Democrats can do. We'll see certainly the, the contempt vote. There'll be a bunch of political hyperbole and rhetoric that comes out of it. What will matter in the end is what change in legal position DOJ ultimately takes to try to de-escalate the situation, reduce tensions, and bring this to a point where the two sides can find a consensus. I assume there'll be some additional information House Democrats will budge, will budge a bit on their spot, and DOJ will do the same. There's not going to be a criminal prosecution of this. Do you think it may end up with Congress going to a federal judge to enforce its subpoena? If they do, it'll be only in a civil context, which I certainly expect some manner of a fight on this. Again, just like we, just like we did uh, had with uh, Eric Holder on the Fast and Furious documents, there's going to be um, some legal wrangling and some fights in court about it. And that's certainly you know, the way the system is expected to work. It's the way it's set up. And I think that's part of the, uh, the Trump administration's game plan is they know they'll ultimately lose to some extent on the law and on the merits, but they're dragging it out. They're delaying things as long as they can to try to push it off until after 2020. Holder was the first attorney general, I believe, to be held in contempt of Congress. So if Barr is the second, have we reached a point where, you know, con- congressional subpoenas don't really matter, where the process is just ignored by the highest law enforcement official in the country? I think it speaks somewhat to the dysfunction of the subpoena process. Yeah, I mean, it's very, I mean, there's always been politics at play with any, you know, Congress and, and presidency. That's not new. That's nothing out of the ordinary. But I think it's become so tribalistic, and the use of congressional oversight has gotten to such a ridiculous point of overpolitization that you have what you've gotten out. Just as, you know, I think holding Eric Holder in contempt was 
just political posturing. I think it's the same here with uh, William Barr. It's really more about negotiating tactics and prepping, you know, talking points for you know your for your five minute segments on you know cable news at night more than so that it is about any true legal position. And like I said, in the end, there'll be more documents that'll come out. This is all politics. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Let's talk a little bit more broadly about the subpoenas and uh, President Trump's vow to fight every congressional subpoena. One of the articles of impeachment against Richard Nixon was ignoring subpoenas, basically. Will this lead to impeachment proceedings and perhaps give Congress more push for enforcing their subpoenas? I certainly think, you know, if the president maintains his current position, which I think is, you know, completely ridiculous, yeah, I think it'll it'll egg on certain Democrats to push a little harder towards impeachment, if only to try to exercise some true oversight. I mean, look, every Congress will overreach. They'll always get a little excessive in their attempt to scrutinize an opposing party in the White House. But never have I seen a presidency so completely and categorically refuse to comply with anything. This whole we're not going to comply with any subpoenas nonsense is just not how the system works. So, you know, like I said, a lot of this is politics. A lot of it's delaying things, trying to push off true oversight until after 2020 when the president doesn't have to worry about reelection anymore. There'll be a lot of fights in court over it. The president's uh, team ultimately lose on some aspects of it and they'll end up turning over documents. This is just about delayed tactics. Also defying requests by Congress to have various people testify, let's deal first with uh, White House, former White House counsel Don McGahn, who was one of the most notable people repeatedly mentioned in the Mueller report. Can the president now say, as he has said, that he doesn't want to let him testify? Can he assert executive privilege when Don McGahn has basically testified in the Mueller report? Yeah, so my my view, especially now that the even beyond McGahn having simply testified, but having that testimony outlined and released to the public through the Mueller report, as far as I'm concerned, waive the privilege. But will the president still try to argue that he can still invoke it? Yes. Will he try to delay things by doing so? Yes. Will he likely lose in the end? Pretty much. But if he can kind of pressure McGahn to hold off, make McGahn uncomfortable and make him wait till the president's fought this legal war over executive privilege, it delays the time frame for McGahn to ultimately testify. In the end, you know, it, it, Congress has its leverage it can bring over former officials like McGahn that it can't bring on existing officials like William Barr. They can, you know, can, they can hold uh, McGahn in contempt. They can try to fine him, and McGahn might decide he doesn't care what the president says. But ultimately, again, more than anything else, this is just trying to hold off these guys testifying during 2019, trying to push it to 2021. Just about 45 seconds here. But McGahn, whom the president has called him a liar, basically, what he said about uh, about uh, trying to stop the investigation, the Mueller investigation. So if McGahn wants to, he can testify before Congress. He doesn't have to have the president's permission. 
Correct. I mean, I, I certainly think the McGahn team could conclude that he has the ability that, there's, that the president can't truly prevent him from doing so. Now, there might be some legal wrangling over what he can discuss truly, depending on whether or not there's been a court fight over executive privilege. He's just got to worry about his own uh, existing bar license, make sure he isn't doing to break any ethical vows. All right. Thanks so much, Brad. That's Brad Moss, a partner at Mark Zaid. Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. You can subscribe and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. I'm June Grosso. This is Bloomberg. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.